0: Hi, my name is Cesar Cavazos, and welcome to Friction Log. I am joined by my co-host, Rick Blaylock, and we are here to bring you the best insights of UX, developer experience, and how we experiment with the extraction of joy, struggles, and other emotions when using technologies. Let's get started.
1: We're on. Hey, man. Long time no see. I know. Go to Mexico. I go to Scandinavia. You go to Mexico. You know. Yeah, we talk about this
0: brand new website just to abandon it for a few weeks and then we come back. (laughs) So so it's always good, of course. course. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But you have been busy. So you were at React Conf Miami at the end of April.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, the last couple months have been this rapid fire. That then I did a product group discovery group with a bunch of folks in our company here in Florida and then I went to Scandinavia for work and then it's just been crazy. But the React Conf was awesome. 2 days. First time we've done it in Miami and Michelle Bakels did a great job organizing it and it was it was awesome.
0: Yeah. That's great. So what was your what was your talk about?
1: You were. Yeah, yeah, and and we can go over that today. So I don't remember the original title, but I should have changed it because really the the what I changed the title to <laughs> was Performance, User Experience, and Sustainability. It was some, the original title was some really long drawn out thing. I, I kind of wish I would have rethought that. You know how it is like when you submit, there's a call to paper and then you submit it and you're like, oh, this is what I think I'm going to talk on. And you quickly come up with a title. And But anyway, it Performance, User Experience, and then specifically Fisheries Sustainability kind of tying in all of my worlds into one. (laughs) I think
0: if you keep the name that you use for submitting the talk, it means that you didn't really prepare that well. Like you fill your presentation with whatever name you gave, but if you actually spend the time, you get a different title and then it doesn't add up, but it's
1: always fun. (laughs) No, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, that's a good point because... you should be doing is put yourself in the shoes or the seat of the people that are going to be listening and you kind of think about the other sessions they're going to be listening to and how do you keep their attention and what's relevant to them and make sure you don't overlap so yeah that's a really good point actually
0: (laughs) yeah the name almost never uh applies at least not the original name you will have to come up something after you spend time building that that presentation so Okay. That's cool. Uh, let's do that today. I mean, let's focus on that. That's good content. There is, it's relevant to what we do on Fiction log, And and I think it encompasses things that your, that your expertise has gotten you to that point. So let's, let's dig into it.
1: Okay. And I can go ahead and share my screen for the slides. And the folks listening on the podcast won't be able to see it, but we'll talk through it. And they're, they're actually hand drawn slides. Anyway, I actually drew every slide with an apple pencil on my ipad just to be completely different and random it was actually kind of fun so i think i'm gonna like start doing it now just like that very different style and i'm a terrible artist so it's it's (laughs) like you know look like i'm a two-year-old drawing this stuff but yeah it works whatever (laughs) i mean for the podcast
0: listeners you they will be missing a lot so it's kind of cool i think that's the first time that i heard somebody actually using the pencil for something enterprise other than just the scrolling so or not enterprise but just work-wise or or something like that so other than the videos from apple where they have all this awesome drawings but good yeah of course Looks good yeah. man
1: so so here here's how i think we should do this stuff so i think we'll just go through it i won't do the lecture talk like did it you can go to the react conf youtube and watch the actual talk but what we'll do is i i can go through the slides and then we can just have a conversation on on like I, i'll i'll hit the highlights and then we can just kind of talk about what's important what's not important and all that kind of stuff sounds good and the 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 point that i make in this first slide which for the people listening is just a a really lame drawing of florida with a bunch of like concepts like engineering, fish, metric users the the point I, I just I made right off the get-go is um, really the one thing I want everybody to walk away from because every talk I think should have one thing that people walk away from not 10 things, not three things, but one thing. the one thing is in all the hustle and bustle, everything that we do for work, don't forget why, you do the work, and then specifically who you're doing it for. That's that's really what I wanted to t- make the point. And, and this talks about performance metrics and code and stuff, but you know, tying it to that always, no matter what you're doing. And that's kind of how I did the intro. Was that and then plus just looking at the my beautiful third grade drawings. <laughs> uh, it's good,
0: man. Yeah. Black and white, black. That that makes sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then I, we won't need to, we don't need to go through this, but I, yeah, you know, the obligatory like CV page of here's all my handles and all this. So I just tried to make it kind of interesting again with the silly watermarks and stuff. Yeah. Cool. But
0: React then... Native before it was cool. Okay. What? <laughs> I like the Accelerator one. React Native before it was cool.
1: Yeah. Cause <laughs> the Accelerator was, it was literally what React Native is before React Native. And before React, I think, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this slide is when we actually get into it. And, you know, these are things that you typically hear and and we prioritize in in our, you know, we we improved our page speed by 20%. We reduced our time to whatever, fill in your lighthouse score metric by an order of magnitude because we switched to Next.js or our DNS lookup speed was bad and we improved it. We tweak the point and polygon algorithm and it's 10 times faster. Actually, I said that at one point. So there's always there's always things that we say um like that. That's it's very common. And and as engineers, we prioritize this stuff. This is how we measure things, this is how we measure success. And and all that's super, super important. But the, the point that I made here is that it is kind of insider baseball. And what I mean by that is it's it's like our own language it's our own internal engineering speak and sometimes what happens is when we get wrapped around that we forget why we're doing it so so as an example when i show this slide the lighthouse score and you see the lighthouse score and i, I can say hey we improved our page by 20 percent our speed or whatever it is accessibility seo whatever i most eng- front-end engineers get it like they they know the lighthouse picture they know these radial dials they know what those metrics mean we get it but but that it's specific to us it's it, not to the user and obviously we all know that but but what if this is the kind of funny part of the of the talk what if we switched it around and we framed it differently it's the same things but then we reframed it this way where we same quotes our dns lookup speed was bad we improved it but i put an end user with a fish there well, he doesn't care about that, right? <laughs> yep, I don't think or, so. Yeah, or 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 here's a Ukrainian allegedly using what's the satellite thing that Elon Musk runs? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Starlink. Starlink using Starlink to communicate with something, which end up communicating with a drone on the field. We improved our page speed by twenty percent, or you know whatever. First first time to paint or whatever whatever those metrics are, you know. Or here's a picture of a what is that? A red grouper. We improved our caching performance by using GOB for Go instead of JSON. Obviously, the fish <laughs> doesn't care. So, you know, that's just a fun, silly, stupid example that when we frame the conversation conversation a little differently, not by Lighthouse, but by, by the end user, it helps us stay focused. So where, you know, engineering perspective, we're so used to talking insider baseball, we, we sometimes forget actual value what is the value that it's bringing to the user and and i can say we we increase the page speed by 20 percent, and we assume that that makes you know that brings value to the user because it does but we're not we don't keep it front of mind it's still just our metrics our insider baseball our world And, and i think when we say things like well it makes them happy or they won't leave as fast or you know, we'll sell more products that way or whatever it is. That's, that's true. But I also think it's kind of generic or, or the worst one, even though it's true is, well, we're just doing this to make the Google bots happy, which is true. Actually, a lot of times we're, we're, we're coding things to a metric to make a machine happy, but you know, that the, it, so this Cesar was the part of the speech that was like the, let me just frame where I'm going, like by just throwing out silly examples of this is how we talk and here's the users over here. And they're not really the same thing. What we do might overlap or help them, but it, we don't keep them in the forefront. Does that make sense? Like where I was going with that? It does.
0: And, and it, it brings us back to what the users feel, right? That they mm-hmm. like, if you talk to somebody that is non-technical, they will say it feels as low. It feels like it's I don't know some complicated. They don't they don't have metrics. They don't have protocols or data formats or things like that. And they just and everybody feels that Facebook is lower these days because the ads or stuff like that. Um, and that's as far as they can go. And as engineers, we don't we don't really compute that. We don't pun intended, I guess. Uh, yeah. We we just. We're like, what do you mean by feel? I'm like, well, I, I don't know what's wrong. It just feels like it's as low. I don't know if it's my machine or my internet connection or it's Facebook and that's it. So yeah, right. I get it.
1: Yeah, like a, a, an analogy to that is, so I play guitar, judging from the guitars behind me. <laughs> and and so one of the, we, we were playing a guitar quartet at one of the, the colleges down South here in, in South Florida. And the performance teacher, we were playing Ina Klein and Knock Music. The dun 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 dun. So, and the performance teacher, he was he was telling us. He said, he said, look, the people in the audience, they're not going to be sophisticated enough to say that was good, but the the cello part of that guitar was off a little bit, or the timing was off, or the intonation was wrong because blah 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 blah, and that's because his technique was wrong because he did he his elbow was in the wrong spot, blah blah blah. Like they're, they're not technical enough to say that or to point that out, but they'll walk away and go, it was okay. Or I guess it was okay. And that's when you've lost. Yeah. <laughs> you <know. laughs> that's, Absolutely. that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. So anyway, that, that, this is like the frame it. And then I, I went right into this slide, which this is the slide you see from Vercel all the time, which is the iceberg of the web, which I love this picture because it's like, everybody sees this little tiny thing kind of back to that analogy of performance, and music Um, but then the under the under part of the iceberg is the the third-party scripts and internalization layout shift and imaging and caching and all this crazy network stuff all these things you have to worry about just to make this the page right for the user and so the the point of this slide was to kind of talk about why we as engineers are so focused on these metrics and sometimes we forget about the user because we're trying to make the bots happy or we're chasing a metric, which we know is good for the user, but we don't know exactly the impact to the user. We just know, hey, this is 20% better, whatever better means. So the, so this was like the why. Why do we do that? And so the, the points I made were the first one was platforms like Google, like Vercel, they have to talk about things in abstract terms, irreducible minimums, because they deal in value abstraction. So they can't articulate and measure the value for every end user because they're not their end user. Like in my case, my end user is an angler, right? It's a fisherman. Well, they're Mm -hmm. not going to like base lighthouse skill value or lighthouse performance metrics, the value of them to an angler. They're not, that's not their, their business. So they abstract it. And so they're so good at educating us. And building tools like the Lighthouse tool to help us with those metrics that we just gravitate to talk the way they want us to talk because that's how they talk. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we're not accustomed to talking about these things in other terms other than the ones we've we've been taught. So Google teaches us about Lighthouse, Vercel builds it into their products like Next.js and stuff. So we're just used to talking that way, but it's hard to talk about it in other terms, terms that the, the user, our users care about. And, and I think one of the reasons why it's harder to talk that way is because it's harder to measure. Like, how do I, how do I measure that this performance thing was better for an angler on the water? And, you know, it, it's a lot harder. Like we, yep. one of our goals is to make sure they return their fish fast. You know, your is you pull it out of the water, it's suffocating. You have so much time to figure out if you can keep it or not based on regulations. So, you know, that, the apps have to run fast for them to do that. So that's a lot harder to manage or to measure than, you know, hitting a button in, in Google Chrome to get your Lighthouse score.
0: <laughs> it's not like your Google Analytics is going to say, hey, this angler killed three fish because he didn't know he had to throw it out back
1: right so or because because it, it took too long to load and so yeah 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 exactly and it and, par- tricky. and yeah and and the the last point i'll make on the slide was we don't talk to users as much as we should and the more you talk to users the easier it is to quantify and qualify these performance metrics and tie them to the impact that it's making to them, not just, you know, what Chrome says or whatever.
0: <laughs> and and we always think, or not always, but most of the time that we know better, we know what the users want their need, and that's why we don't need to talk to them because they are gonna suggest that we put confirm buttons everywhere because that's how <laughs> Windows does it. And, <laughs> and, and, and because we just assume a lot of things, Never get to that opportunity of hey, let's talk to this user. Let's 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 remove that, but still have those conversations with them. I get it. I mean, it happens. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It does happen, and it, it's a conscious habit that you have to build to talk to them. And, and what I what I tell people all the time, if you hang around me long enough in product world, I tell people all the time, the people in the in an organization in a company that have influence that have power are the ones who talk to the users who talk with the user's voice if you talk with the user's voice you have influence and there's obvious reasons for that but it's one of them being it's just hard to do and so there's not that many people that do it (laughs) in a company (laughs) hey cesar you, you dropped out. Are you back? Okay. I'm back. All right.
0: We're All right. having technical difficulties. I see the little signal thing coming up and down, but hopefully we can we keep going. I heard okay. you.
1: Okay, cool. Okay. Next slide. So this was just a slide on like fish rules. Now it's in part of fish brain. Now our regulation data is in part of Fish Brain. We've talked about some of this on a podcast. We don't need to go over this stuff. But then I got back to this. So the main point, again, what does all that mumbo jumbo actually do for, in our case, the angler, the fisherman, or even for the fish for that matter? Does it help me convert a user to a subscription? Is that really what it's for? Or Does it help me sell an e-commerce product better? But yeah, it does. But again, it's deeper than that. Don't just think about it in terms of how the platforms tell you to think about it, like transform what you're doing and think about it from your user's perspective. And, and my favorite, my favorite story here in this, like if you look at these these quotes, like now, now I'm framing it to faster performance is 20% faster, but why? Because it saves fish. Or why when we did this polygon optimization, why is it helpful? Because it helps anglers fish legally, or a quicker response time helps protected or endangered species. Like now I'm tying it back to actually the real value to the user so a per a good example of this is so aubrey and i were fishing actually i brought my laptop on his boat we're fishing in the atlantic ocean i've got a phone plugged in i've got xcode open and we're testing out the app going in and out of different regulation boundary zones in the ocean because it's a bad signal to no signal and it's an offline app but still goes off and on and all that stuff and so we have to test it and at one point he caught this big cobia beautiful cobia um could have fed all of our families for a couple of days. <laughs> and <laughs> and it was it the app took a little too long to load the regulation for Cobia. So he threw it back in the water. And and we knew it was legal. We knew what the regulation was, but because the app didn't tell him what the regulation was fast enough, he threw it back and said the app needs to work faster.
0: We're not eating today because <laughs> exactly because you're a bad developer right? <laughs> yeah pretty much that's exactly right that's a good way to motivate developers like you don't (laughs) eat
1: yeah right right that's hardcore man (laughs) yeah it's so funny but i love to tell that story because it ties both of our worlds the user and the product world and what really why we're doing what we're doing with the code and everything which is like the fun part that i like as a hobby and as a a craft and a job and uh, it it ties it together. Like at some point they have to meet in order to make a difference, to make an impact. It's very important.
0: And it's why it's important. I mean, I I get it. You got to work and you work in technology and technology applies to everything, but there are definitely preferences that people have, right? Whether that's fishing or healthcare or retail or marketing, whatever you want. Like, it doesn't have to be your passion. I'm definitely against like following your passion for work and stuff like that. It's also good to have hobbies for your passions, but right. at least don't hate on what you work on. Like if you don't like, I don't know, if you don't like healthcare, because I don't know we you think that the system is broken in the U.S., don't like, unless you're going to try to fix it and you're going to be in a small company, but don't go and work for one of the big companies that you're just going to be miserable working there. Right. Like right. it doesn't have to be your day to day motivation, but you also don't have to hate it and just work there because it pays well. So I, I feel that when you are talking about visuals, it's something that you enjoy to do. It's not your primary passion or anything like that, but it's something that you care about. And that also puts you
1: closer to the users more than the metrics. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and and this kind of thinking, I think, can go to any business, anything that you're doing, even developer experience. You hear a lot about developer experience and, you know, oh, linear is awesome. The experience is so much better than Jira or, you know, fill in the 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 blank of uh, Superbase is amazing. It's so much better than Firebase, blah, 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 blah. And, and all of those, everybody says it's because of the developer experience. And, and they're not wrong, but you can actually tie it back to the user too. So we a lot of times we attach developer experience to languages, right? So there's everybody goes, oh, Rust is so much better than C++. I mean, is it? Is it really? Because all these people are developing on C++, but then you find out why, and it's like, oh, it's an experience thing. That's why. Python is so much better for data science. But then you, you drill into why, and it's like, oh, it's because of the libraries that are available, like Pandas. The ecosystem. And NumPy yeah. and PyTorch and right it's like it's not really python it's the other things the ecosystem which de- equates to developer experience and and so like the one example of of this is is the language mumps have you heard of the language mumps
0: no <laughs> okay
1: yeah it's a terrible name for a language so it was invented in like the late 60s but the va hospital uses it so the the you know, the federal hospital for all of the veterans, they use that as the primary language since it's a conception, I guess. But there's a lot of limitations to that language. And like, I, I don't remember, don't quote me on it, but it's something like variable names can only be eight characters or nine characters long. Um, okay. That's the first thing. And the problem is the VA hospital, their frameworks or whatever, this is what I've been told. The first two characters are all, namespaced with VA or, or whatever they, their designation is. So you've already like cut it from eight <laughs> to six. So it's, it's
0: kind of like following the uh, nomenclature from Objective-C where you will do NS and you will do the first two letters from uh, like yeah, talk about right. the author, right? Next step or, yeah. uh, or UI kit or things like that. But then they're also limited with eight characters. So technically it's only six.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so it's something like to that effect. And there's all these other issues and limitations with the language. And, and I, I had read somewhere that they did this study on, because obviously this is a federal thing, right? So they're always trying to get funding to rewrite it or to update it. And one of the studies was because of the limits of the language, not bugs in the code, not server issues, not all the typical things that cause problems because of the limitations of the language like one or two people die a year in the va hospital because of it so in that case you could tie developer experience to it saves lives yeah <laughs> you know so so it's like that kind of mindset is what i'm a big part of this talk i was trying to get through is what are you doing it doesn't matter what the What you think is the most mundane, boring thing, tweaking your build system to get your build system to work because everybody knows how much of a pain and soul sucking that is. Like, If you can tie that back to your business goals or your users and stuff like that, it gives you much more purpose and and better focus too.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Makes sense. I mean... So far, you're you're above water. I'll keep. I'll be awake during your your talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I might have been done by my talk by now. So there's, <laughs> we're definitely talking through this a little slower. But that's that's because we get to do the colored commentary. So then the next this slide, I go a layer deeper. So what about okay, that's the user. But now, what about the company deeper than the user side? What about us as engineers, product, business folks? you know, the engineer goes, we have to do this because we need X or we need to use Y, you know, whatever it is, the greatest, greatest framework or library. And that's how we're going to get better performance. And then on the other side, the business, the product people, they don't understand it. And so they walk away going, oh, here we go again. The developers wanting to use, you know, their latest, greatest, coolest thing. and, And they can't tie what you're saying to what they care about what your business metrics in case of product they're talking to users all the time so they can't tie it to the the users not saying that you could that they they wish you would use library 3000 super awesome you know npm package whatever the user didn't say that so what you know so they don't get it when when engineers talk about that a lot of the time
0: i'm going to try to describe this slide for for people that are not looking at it it's basically three actors right engineering or development the product people or the business people and the users and you have the same need which is basically in our lingo is a performance need and how you frame it matters because if we don't if we just frame it with, with we need it to be faster or we need to increase 20% then the product and business is in between the engineering and the users, and it wouldn't go true. They will go back and say, we don't get it. Users are not asking for this. They don't care what version of TypeScript you're using, right? But if you frame it in, hey, the user needs this, which is, hey, the user need to see the regulations faster in the context of of fish rules, then the product and the business people will get it, and the user will get it at the end, because that's technically how it gets communicated. And it goes all the way to release notes. Have you seen release notes lately? Some of them are so obscure that you can tell that engineering is writing them and not the product people, right? Mm-hmm. Apart from the you know the apps that update every two weeks and say, hey, we made the small tweaks and performance improvements uh, that you right. wouldn't notice, right? But in general, most of the release notes are just like, hey, we fixed some bugs. Okay, cool. Like, doesn't change anything for the user. When you have product people writing those, then you see things like, hey, we thought, I don't know, we thought this fish was not supposed to be caught, but it is. So we just made it better for you like that. it's something that the users understand and that that makes the experience better and say, hey, these guys are working for me, right? They're working for my experience and therefore I can be a customer, a subscriber or whatever, right? Right, yeah.
1: Yeah, as soon as you change, it can be literally the same thing you want to do as an engineer. You need to implement something, tweak something, and you just need some time to do it to make the performance better. But if you frame it with the impact to the user it's much more likely to be accepted and understood than if you get super technical and you know, about it, it it doesn't benefit a lot of people if you just get uber technical about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then this slide is kind of like a, yeah, how do we speak with the voice of the user since that's what we want to do. So we can impact the organization. We can impact the users. We can get done the things we need to get done. How do we talk? How do we speak with the voice user? Well, the the best way is to actually talk to them. And if you can't talk to them, because that's valid in some organizations and some companies that you're not the one that's able to talk to them, then find somebody that is talking to them and get really close to them. And if you can't do that for whatever reason, you can still find them online. If your users or your personas are a certain type of people, you can go research them online. Like I would, in every bit of energy I had, I would try to talk to users as much as possible. And if I couldn't do that, I'd go read about them, watch some YouTube videos about it, whatever. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be, I guarantee there's YouTube videos of your users talking about what they care about.
0: About everything, right? If you just ask it's it's funny how we google things like hey i need to fix this and you're learning a new language and you're you're struggling with python or something and you go straight to google but if it's like hey we need to talk to we need to understand the users or we need to get to know the users i know developers that they don't like to see one star reviews in their apps and I get it. Like some of them are harsh, but but that's a user that took the time to give you one star. So reply to them and and try to understand what's going on. And and as you said, maybe product is the one talking to them or users. But if you want, you can find information about anything. That's why we have the internet. Yep, yep.
1: And, And I gotta say, to your point about that, that's a that's a great example of the people that give you one star are much more likely to give you five-star if you interact with them. than the ones that... Yeah, who don't do anything. Yeah. Um, It's much more likely to happen. Yeah, talk to your users for sure. And then, yeah, at the bottom of the slide, you'll see like our typical world, which some of the stuff we already talked about. You got your millisecond latency, your 60 frames a second goals... (laughs) memory limit goals. There's even UX laws, even the daughtery threshold. We've talked about that on this podcast or Fitz law, Hicks law, all those things are are mumbo jumbo, right? That's insider baseball things that we care about. They're important. But if, if, if I told the user, Hey, you know, because of the daughtery threshold, we, you know, we, we spent three weeks fixing this. They'd be like, okay, can I keep this fish or not? Like who cares? So, you know, Again, the point is keep the user in mind. Talk to them and talk with their voice. So, so much more powerful.
0: Do you think it's also? I mean, we all have seen and or heard the famous Steve Jobs words that, that the users don't know what they want until they see it. Do you think that has that that particular statement has had ripple effects in the developer community to? Think that we know better than them, and I'm like I get it when you're talking about technology and and new products, and when the iPhone became the iPhone, yeah, they didn't know there was something better, right? So it applies to some things like hardware development or product development or things like that. Right. But I feel like that uh, that thing stay, and everybody tries to apply and like, oh, my users don't know anything. As Steve Jobs said so, uh-huh. um, so I Th- should, and that would I be should...
1: a total misunderstanding of that quote too because i i totally agree with steve jobs on that like he you listen to steve i mean henry ford famous quote too about if i would listen to users i would have built a faster horse then mm-hmm. you know everybody quotes that but uh, th- that's a 100 percent right but misunderstanding that i think you're right is like oh i know better and it's like you would only know better if you were actually talking to them and understanding their, their problems and their needs you don't talk to users to, to build exactly what they say to build that's not why you're talking to them you talk to them for their pains their gains what they aspire to be or to do what they don't even know about but but man will make a big difference in their life that, like you you don't know that unless you're talking to them
0: yeah which goes it, back to my my point of a user will ask you to have confirmed messages because once right. every 10 times, they don't want to delete something and they, by mistake, do it. And because there is no confirmation, that's what the solution for the user is. Right. And, and they will tell you that. Where the actual pain point is, hey, I sometimes make the mistake of deleting something that I don't want to. And maybe the solution is make an easy undo action, right? right. Not precisely confirm because 9 out of 10 times, you want them to delete fast, but, but that one time where it's a mistake, you want to, you want to remediate that pain. Right. So that, that's a the most basic example of what you're just saying.
1: Right. Um, right. Cool. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and to go to this next slide, cause it's going to segue into this. So there's traps in some of these performance metrics and measuring these metrics and stuff that we have to be careful of. Measurability bias, that's the tendency to prefer options simply because they can easily be measured. That's one. And then there's another one called metric fixation, and that's focusing on a specific metric at the detriment of others. And even back down to the product stuff that we're talking about now, just a second ago, a lot of times people will focus on their specific product goals or their business goals or, or key results or objectives or whatever they have. And they forget that actually the user doesn't really care if your <laughs> retention is better by 2%. Like it, like you can make some crazy hacks to, to improve your retention by 2%, but that doesn't mean it's actually better for the user. And And so someone who's, has metric fixation, will say, well, no, if we improve the retention, then that's better for the user. Clearly, it's better for the user. It's like, no, I could right now say, hey, anybody who opens up the app every day for the next month, I'll give you $100. I can improve retention. That doesn't mean that's good. So that's that's what's called metric fixation. When you fixate on one metric or one thing, whether it's performance metric, whether it's a business metric, whatever it is, engineering metric. And so those are traps. Especially with the stuff, even with the Lighthouse score, which is really good. Like the stuff that Google's promoting is really, really good for users. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you fixate on that and again, don't consider the user, then you might make the wrong decisions, actually.
0: Yeah, because you want to load faster your web page to make your Lighthouse score better. You don't include all the information that the user needs and needs, and you hide some things and that. That doesn't improve the experience. It improves the score. Your user is not going to be happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and there's a great quote from the book, Tyranny of Metric, which I think maybe they coined metric fixation. I don't know, but it's in there a lot. And he's talking about metric fixation. And he says, it occurs because not everything that is important is measured. And much that is measurable is unimportant. And so what happens is, back to measurability bias, it's like, oh, this is easy to measure, so we're just going to report on this. What does it mean it's good? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just easy. It's, a, like,
0: uh, it. it's an excellent book. We'll put the, sh- the link in the show notes.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah, I love it. I love that book. And so the conclusion was kind of like, you know, just tie all these things. You have users, you have yourself as are, you know, responsible for tying this back and by the way when i say yourself i mean it doesn't matter if you're an engineer you're a qa engineer you're a product person you're a business person everybody has a responsibility to tie what they're doing back to the user yeah. and whatever they're doing if you're an engineering you're responsible to draw that dotted line over whatever you're doing to to the user and and you have to find the value like it it I can't emphasize that enough you know like the, the the point I made I think in the in the talk was something like you know you can spend two weeks and at the end of it you can say I spent the last sprint and I made our site 200 milliseconds faster and some people will be really excited about that and some people will be like, what am I doing with my life That's all I did was I just made the site 200 milliseconds faster and if you lose sight of the user, that's easy to do. So you know you, you can say we got a one second query, speed improvement through this data pipeline over the last quarter, but it means what to whom, right? So you just impacted somebody's life. You just help protect an endangered species or you just help, you know, whatever it is, tie what you did to that. Talk about it that way. Think about it that way. And my goodness, it's, you'll you get so much more fulfillment out of your job. I think if you do it that way.
0: I agree. That's, that's a great, Conclusion. I like how you put there the conclusion. Like, I want you to take one thing out of this, and it's that everything is tied and everything is interconnected. And if not, then either you're going to build the wrong thing or you're going to be unhappy. So, I think that's, that's a good one. So, how right. many people were
1: in React Conf then? Oh, man, there was a lot. I don't know. Don't quote me on it, but close to 500, maybe. <laughs> I don't cool. know. I'm not I'm not quite sure. But there were there was enough people there to. Uh, it was great. First time in Miami doing a React conference, and it was fantastic.
0: Awesome. Well,
1: congratulations. I think it was a good topic.
0: Not your typical topic that you would expect in a in a very technical conference. And I think it has a good idea. And if just like you were saying, when you build a product, you think about the user and if you hear somebody talking about fish rules or fish brain you it makes you very happy i think also if you get one developer or one product owner to bring those ideas back to whatever they're building and it's better i think that's that's a success so congratulations that's always good next time you should invite me and pay for my tickets to go and visit you
1: okay i'll do that (laughs) And you can just stay with me. We'll take the Brightline, the train down to Miami. Yeah, that works. (laughs) And maybe we'll do a live
0: show or at least live both at the same time zone. That would be fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would be fun. That's a good idea. Yeah. Sweet.
0: All right. Thanks. See you next time, everybody. It's good to be back. We have more to come. So we'll keep you posted. Thanks,
1: Thanks, Cesar. Yep. See you.